and he's about to drop a player, he just drops the pen and he said, this is ridiculous. This shit has to stop. <laughs> so everybody looking around, <laughs> I'm gonna say, I'm gonna start giving out PUIs, playing under the influence. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of the OGs. Today we have a very special episode. We usually have a guest on here, but today UD is the guest because it's a celebration. He just won his third championship, Fantasy League Football Championship. UD, congratulations, thank brother. You, thank Big you, thank you. I appreciate it. Everybody celebrate him, man. Thank you, Everybody thank celebrate you, Thank you, thank you. Explain this video here, UD. Okay, so right, right now, this is my uncle. That's your uncle? Yeah, that's my okay. uncle who I'm kicking in the face. If anybody knows Karate Kid. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? That's my uncle. I kicked him in the face. So he ain't never made it to a championship in his life. Can't handle success. This man finally made it to the championship, and this man heckled me so bad that, like, I, I said I had to do something when I won. He don't understand how to handle success. The man got the worst fantasy record out of everybody in our league. The man got the championship one time. And you know somebody that make you, like, feel bad for winning? Yeah. Like, this man heckled me so bad, like, I was the loser. And I was actually winning. So I, I just had to let him have his that. Third, his yeah. third championship in the Fantasy League. He's going to the Hall of Fame, man. Congratulations, yeah. your daughter. Fantasy guru, man. I'm a guru with that, man. So I'm just obsessed with winning. That's all it is. I'm obsessed with winning. But dead ass, man, the reason we are here and the reason we are celebrating you today is in three days, my brother is Jersey. We'll be going to the rafters at, at, up at the arena for the Miami Heat. It's an unbelievable accomplishment, man. Three-time championship, three-time champion. Most rebounds in Heat history. Yeah. Seventh most points in Heat history. Yeah. Second most minutes only behind D. Wade. Yeah. A University of Florida Hall of Famer. Yeah. And played in, in the finals in three decades. That's because you're old. <laughs> Damn you old. And I don't like to bring out old numbers and stats, but I have to read this stuff. This stuff's impressive, all right? Thank you. Only six Heat players plus Dan Marino to have the jerseys retired. Chris Bosh, D. Wade. Tim Hardaway, mm -hmm. Michael Jordan, mm -hmm. Shaquille O'Neal, mm -hmm. Alonzo Mourning. Mm -hmm. Now you'll be the seventh. Yes, sir. Number 40, brother. That's big time. Yes, sir. UD is one of only three players in NBA history that have played 20 years with one team. That's Dirk and Kobe. Pretty good names there, my man. Damn good class to be in. One of only nine players to have played for 20-plus years in the league. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, LeBron James, Kobe Bryant, Vince Carter, Kevin Garnett, mm. Dirk, mm. Kevin Willis, Jamal Crawford, and you, my brother, mm. less than 200 players, and this is the number that's staggering right here for everybody at home because they think the NBA is something, something, of almost only 5,000 people who played in the history of the game. Wow. There's only been almost close to 5,000 players in the history of the NBA have had their jersey retired. Only 200. You're one of wow. 200, my brother. Wow. In his final regular season game, because I know you're going to be on me, I love it, what you did. You're mad that I was shocked, but I was. That's crazy. I know. But his final game, he scored 24 cigarettes all season. Killer, what you think I'm doing? Five minutes. You think I'm out here smoking cigarettes all season? Like, <laughs> what you think I'm doing during the season? Hey, listen, we don't see behind the scenes. We don't yeah. see the behind the scenes. Man, but congratulations, man! It's an unbelievable honor, bro. And today you're sitting here in your jersey. Talk to me about that, because I like the fact that we're gaslighting that too. Oh, What's for up? sure, for sure. Well, two things. All right. First thing is, I'm in tune with my star player. 
Got to be in tune with your star player out here. You know what I'm saying? I'm my own biggest fan. You know what I mean? You're in tune with Yeah, I'm in tune player. with my star player. Kill, I'm in tune with my fucking star player. At the end of the day, nobody expected me to be here but my family and my friends. Yeah. So, you know, right now I'm celebrating myself. This is my day. I don't celebrate myself enough. So I walked in here and tune with my star player today. Second thing, if you see the patch on here, there's a number six. Yep. Everybody understands what that number six goes for. Yeah, so everyone needs to pump the brakes let, a little let me bit. Let me talk on this one time. Just right, one second. Talk, so, preach. with that being said, First, as a black man, mm -hmm. I understand what Bill Russell has done for us. Aside from basketball, mm -hmm. what he's done as a black man just for us to move forward in yep. life. Yep. I have a lot of respect. Love what he's done on the basketball court as well. Being a champion, I'm all about winning. Yep. You know what I'm saying? So if I apologize to anybody, it'd be Bill Russell's family. There you go. The Boston people, y'all got a better chance of wrestling than alligator. <laughs> I'm not apologizing to you, you motherfuckers for nothing. <laughs> But so, Bill Russell's family. But Bill Russell's family, right. I will apologize because that might have came off insensitive in the heat of the moment. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But I got a lot of love and a lot of respect for Bill Russell. So as a man, if I came off wrong, I apologize. You Boston motherfuckers, fuck you. <laughs> Let's get started. Let's get, Let's get into it. So we know where you're at now. Obviously, Jersey retirement, which is an unbelievable accomplishment. We read all the stuff that, and, and the few people that have made it. Let's talk about how we got there. All yeah. right, give me Miami High. Obviously, being down here in Miami, I know about it. But for the fans at home, talk about Miami High. You had a first of all, we talk about you know how to win, right? Yeah. He had a seventy-one and two record at Miami High. Damn. He lost twice. What happened? And a two-time champion, state champion. So talk about how that molded you, because to me, a lot of basketball players, obviously, the molding starts early, right? Mm -hmm. you know, who they are, their culture, their habits. Stuff happens there. So talk about the coaches there, the players you played with, all that stuff at Miami High. For me. I mean, for Miami High, you understand, like, Frank Martin, who was our head coach, he wasn't just molding us to be basketball players. He was molding us to be men, for understanding sure. what our circumstances were and understanding where we were coming from. So every situation, you know what I'm saying, everything we did, we, it, was, it was like we got to make it. We got to figure it out. We got to win. You know what I'm saying? This is our way out of our circumstances. This is going to put us in a better situation. This is going to put our families in a better situation. So when we went out there and played the game of basketball, like it was like over our dead body, you motherfuckers getting this win. <laughs> like over our dead body, you motherfuckers, especially if you came in our gym and our, in the asylum. Like, you know what I'm saying? We cut the motherfucking heat on and we burn your ass up and we get you out of there. So for us, I think, you know what I'm saying? You had a bunch of kids who was just trying to improve their circumstances. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And then you got a coach that understands your circumstances and he's going to push you to be better he's gonna push you to be your best version so you know thank god for frank martin because um obviously basketball is one thing but life is another thing for we sure. talk about a coach that'll get up at three o'clock in the morning and pick guys up and uh, you know circumstances we ain't gonna speak about but you know what i'm saying it was it was more than that it was a father figure and that's true too because i played with a lot of guys from miami high <laughs> every one of y'all had that same identity and that same toughness about you yeah the yeah. only thing that was you know i wish would have happened is my mitchell team coming out we were like a four-point favorite man coming into the asylum and we like the draft, like all the the Vegas and stuff had us as a favorite, but the game got canceled. Uh, yeah, and, and, lucky. instead of you coming, they said Ted team. Instead of you, they said Ted, Ted <laughs> team. Ask Ted what happened to them. <laughs> what happened to Ted? Beat the shit out of Ted. Dude. <laughs> Beat him like they stole something. And Ted was the number one scorer in the state of Florida. Broke, broke Chris Corciani record. And Ted, you my guy. Go Gators. But we tell your ass up when you came to the salad, boy. So you. We would, I would have loved to play against you in your arena. Not, don't come to Miami High because y'all played in a pal They played in a gym made of popcorn. <laughs> For you people at home, real live kernels. Explain this shit, killer. I mean, it's impossible to explain. We'll throw, we'll throw a photo up there because it's, 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 built, it's built of corn. And we would have turned that shit into the popcorn palace nah, and we would have pulled calm, up. Calm down, everyone calm down, everyone calm down. <laughs> but you come from Miami High, you go to University of Florida, 
Um, obviously, mm -hmm. a Hall of Famer at University of Florida, four-time SEC uh, player at Florida, 10th all-time rebounder at Florida, just had an unbelievable career. It's where you met your, your favorite and best teammate, myself. Um, explain how that, that transformed your life, meeting me. Well, first of all, <laughs> the four years in the Hall of Fame, I just tell you the backstory of that. Yeah, over here. I don't know where this came from, but it was relayed to me that I wasn't going to get it in the UF Hall of Fame unless I came back and got my degree. That's what it was relayed to me. So it kind of took me a while to get in because at the end of the day, fat chance. <laughs> fat chance. You don't got a degree, but what? I got a lot of people that work for me with degrees. <laughs> That's the best thing you can do is put smart people around you. Ain't no way in hell I was going back to school. So they finally got me in, but um, it was a glorious day. I wasn't able to go. We had a game with the Heat, but my, my wife and my kids got a chance to go. Um, and you know, one thing about my kids is what, you know what I'm saying, towards the end of my career as they got older, they didn't get a chance to see me play. You know what I'm saying? They don't yeah. really understand the history of, of who I am and what I was able to do. So for them to be able to go back to that point all the way to college and just see some of my highlights and understand the importance and the role that I played, um, you know, it, it was good for me. You know, and that's what I always think about is that, you know, my kids got missed a lot of those moments. A lot of those moments when I was playing in the regular rotation, a lot of those moments when I was making those game-winning mm -hmm. plays and championships, they missed a lot of those moments. But now they got it. They got the Hall of Fame at Florida. Yeah, they got the yeah. jersey up in, in Miami. Pops like, was all right, man. Yeah, Pops, <laughs> Pops, Pops was, was all right. right. <laughs> Tell us about, so, so college, and we had this on with, with Coach Donovan. We were lucky enough to have him on here, and we talked about how your game transformed, right? At Florida, you were a low-post guy, tough guy, yeah. rebounder, yeah. did all the dirty shit but you just transformed your game. Talk to us about how you fed into that role at Florida and uh, you know, kind of how that worked. Well, first of all, I had to take a note. I had to take a page out of your book, Killer. I had to, <laughs> take, a page, page had to take a page out of your book. I had to learn how to shoot that thing. <laughs> had to learn how to let that thing ride, man. Understanding that 6'6 six, six ain't gonna get it in the NBA. A 6'6 six, six post player is not gonna get it in the NBA. So I had to be able to knock down a shot, man. So just understanding all those nights when we was going to the club and you was taking your ass to the gym to shoot, <laughs> I get it now. <laughs> I get it now. Mike, let's say we gonna, I'm going to shoot. I'll see y'all later. What the fuck? <laughs> I get it now. You know what I'm saying? Just getting up those shots, man. So that's one thing I will say, you know what I'm saying? Understanding how to be a real gym rat. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? I was a fake gym rat. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You was a real gym rat from day one. So that's one thing I will say I took away from you is how to be a real fucking gym rat and get that work in. Um, so for me, the biggest transition was just changing my game. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Well, I'm not a center anymore. Yeah. I'm playing with a guy like Shaq who needs spacing. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? He needs to be able to dominate down there in that low post. So I had to learn how to shoot the basketball, man. Before, yeah. before we get there, though, let's talk about draft night. So <clears throat> obviously... You know, we talked about it for, for me when I got drafted, like when you said last time, we both made it, right? Yeah, and I didn't <laughs> on, get drafted. On draft, I but never I'm saying on draft shit. night, on draft night, you know, you, you go through that and undraft, don't hear your name call, whatever, kind of uns, unsure of what the next steps are. We have the, just so you have it, because I know you're usually pretty humble about things. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's just your makeup. We yeah. have the draft up here if you want to look at it. Yeah, I see that. Do we, do we have any, I don't, I don't think any of those guys got their jerseys up. I don't recognize about 80% of them you names. You don't? No, no, no. But what I will say is this. I'm gonna give y'all the American players. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna give you scouts the, uh, the Americans. How the fuck y'all end up in Europe without seeing me here? That's what I'm gonna say. I give you the American guys, I understand. I give you the American players. How the fuck y'all end up all the way across that water yeah. without seeing me right in front of y'all face? That's but a, I appreciate you question. because that was probably the worst night and the best night of my life all at once. So when you walked out of that, well, I mean, obviously you talk about it. It's an unbelievable, I mean, obviously it sucks for you. Mm -hmm. And you go home and you, what, what, what do you say? Like, what, what's next? What do I got to do? Like, Man, where, I where's gave, your head I, at? I gave, I, one night, you know what I'm saying? I had a, we had a draft party. One of my homeboys had put together a draft party for me. I was supposed to go to a party that night. Everybody showed up. 
I ain't go. You know what I'm saying? I was frustrated. You know what I'm saying? Probably embarrassed. You know what I'm saying? Upset. So instead rightfully of, so. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So that night. First, first of all, rightfully so. Not yeah. to cut you off. Yeah. But I just read what you did at Florida. Yeah. And you won at Florida. Yeah. It wasn't yeah. like you lost at Florida. Yeah. We had a night. We almost won a national championship. Yeah. And, I, and I also had a coach that told me they was going to draft me if I was available for their pick. Oh, so it lied. Yeah. Shocker. Yeah. I, I, I got to say, Nate, Nate McMillan, you know what you told me. Ooh. You told me in C after my workout with the Seattle Supersonics, you said if you're there for our pick in the second round, we're gonna take you. You took Reggie Evans. Shout out to Reggie Evans, another Florida boy. So mm -hmm. it wasn't no beef between me and Reggie Evans, but I was looked in my eye and I was told that I would be drafted. You know, and I can't say this like with certainty, but I gotta imagine no one else on that board right there is getting their jersey retired. So I know we were talking about draft night and just the disappointment going through it and as the draft was going on, obviously your your concern, I'm shocked. But there's also another dude that we both know very, very well that knows a lot about basketball was shocked as well. Talk about what he said and, and you know, how that kind of impacted you. Well, before we get to that, I know why you were shocked. You remember who I stayed with when I was working out for the draft? <laughs> yeah. You saw it firsthand, Killer. Yeah, I did. You know what I'm saying? I saw it all. I left Florida, came down, spent time with you early, prepared myself for the draft, was working out every day. So you saw it firsthand that, you know what I'm saying, I was capable. You know what I'm saying? You was somebody who I would come to all the time for advice just to understand sure. what I needed to do and work on. But, man, I just remember that night, you know what I'm saying, like it was yesterday. And I remember watching, and I remember seeing Charles Barkley. Shout out, Chuck, man. Um, I Shout remember seeing Charles Chuck. Barkley saying, no, I'm shocked that Udonis Haslam hasn't been drafted. And for me, I think even in that moment, you know what I'm saying, that was a breath of fresh air lifting me up a little bit because when you have somebody like Charles Barkley, a Hall sure. of Famer, you know what I'm saying, one of the top players to ever play the game, to speak your name and even know who you are on that particular night, I think that went a long way for me. But at that time, man, I was a little down, obviously, and just going through the things that I was going through, but that lifted me up instantly. For you sure. know what I mean? So shout out Chuck for that. He probably yeah. don't remember that, but I do. And he's seen it all. I don't forget nothing. Yeah, he's seen it all. <laughs> yes, he has seen it all. He's one of the best power floors to ever play the game of basketball. So if somebody like that acknowledges you, you know what I'm saying, you appreciate it. For sure. So go back nah. to it. I didn't mean to cut you off. Nah. I want to hear I want to hear the story. So draft night, you look, you have one day. What what's where where do you go from there? Man, um, so that night I didn't get drafted, man. I was pissed off. I stayed home. I, I sat in the dark. And um, you know, my next thing was, okay, what's next? You know what I'm saying? I got on the phone with my agent. It was a couple of opportunities to go to some camps. It was a couple of opportunities to go overseas. Um, and I'd rather go overseas. I was like, fuck the NBA. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? At that time I was like, fuck <laughs> the NBA. Um, I want to go overseas and um I went overseas, and the first thing I did was I gave myself one night. I gave myself one night to throw a pity party. I had a box of Black and Miles and a bottle of Hennessy. <laughs> I smuggled that shit to Europe. I smuggled some Blacks and some Hennessy to Europe, and I gave myself one night to feel sorry for myself. All the way to Europe? All the way to fucking France. And I gave myself one night, bro. I say, one, after the, when I wake up in the morning, it's time to get to it. I gave myself one night. I damn near smoked a whole box of Blacks and drunk a half a bottle of Hennessy. And, and when let, I me, woke, let me tell you something. We're going to throw up this photo of UD in college. I dropped this dude off at the airport. <laughs> he looked that? like the dude on the left. You remember that? I do. You remember do. that? He looked like the dude on the left. And the crazy thing is, Killer, is in that summer league, I, I averaged a double-double yeah. in that summer league. Oh, yeah, for sure. I, I actually, I balled out yeah. in that summer league. Um, and it just wasn't good enough. And people don't know, I spent a lot of time in Atlanta that summer. And I was the last guy between me and Ira Nubel. And they decided to go with a veteran, um, which once again, you got, you, can't, you got to respect that. No, for and sure. I ended up having to go overseas. So, you know, for me, when I went overseas, I had a shit list of motherfuckers that I just wanted to check off yeah. when I come back. You know Who's what I'm the highest on that shit list? Do you remember? Who was the highest on the shit list? Hmm. It's always fun to understand the shit list. Yeah. Shit. Probably the league. <laughs> the whole league? The whole fucking league. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I could find a reason to be motivated. Yeah. Oh, for sure, for sure. I'm old school. I can make myself hate somebody. So I, so I drop them off looking like that. 
I pick him up looking like this. So I was like, okay, he's he's bought in. He's he's serious yeah. about it. So you come back and you go into you go into I'm I'm guessing you go into their camp, right? Yeah. So talk to me about the camp and and, and what happened there. So what people don't understand is while I was in Europe, I stayed on American time. Shit. I know I stayed up at night and I took naps during the day because in my mind. I'm not fucking making my career here in Europe. This yeah. is a pit stop. A pit stop. I want to get back to the league and I'm going to do what I got to do. So I set the tone once I got there. Like I said, I had that one night where I felt bad for myself and I woke up the next day and I started, I hit the ground running and I stayed on American time the whole time. So that's just setting the tone of, okay, I ain't staying here. I'm taking my ass back to the fucking league. You know what I'm saying? So after the fast forward these nine months, um, I get back, two teams I have the opportunity to try out for, the Miami Heat and the San Antonio Spurs. I walk into Miami Heat Arena it's about 50 motherfuckers in there and they only keeping one. Ooh. You know what I'm saying? Ooh. So now immediately. Shut the door, who walks what? out? What? Immediately I'm like, okay, I'm looking at him, 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 yeah. him, him. And I'm saying, okay, lock the door and I'm coming out with these motherfuckers. <laughs> There's no way, under no circumstances. Lock the door and I'm coming out. Um, and that's literally what it was. And, and what people don't understand is, you know what I'm saying, for the first maybe two years of my career with the Miami Heat, I never spoke to Pat Riley. You know what I'm saying? For I've your never, first two years, you never yeah, spoke to Riles? Like, he spoke to me, but I didn't speak to him. But the one time he spoke to me, what I you thought- What you mean? Hold on, hold on, hold on. So what's up, dog? How you doing? Man, hell like no, nah, man. Listen, let me tell you something, man. I was just happy to be in the league. Yeah. And thirdly, man, I was a little nervous. Yeah. I ain't, you know what I'm saying? When you see the, the Pat Riley and yeah. the Godfather, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, so you know what I'm saying? That was the first time I was ever a little intimidated. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So the first time he said something to me, I thought I was in trouble. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We running a rebounding drill. Boom, boom, everybody banging, passing, passing, shot goes up, ball bounces off the rim. The motherfucking ball went to half court. I struck out and chased the motherfucker. <laughs> boom, going to get it. Like my life depended on it. Pat blew the whistle. Whoa, 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 stop. I said, oh shit. He said, why you chase that ball? I looked around, I said, well, I didn't hear a whistle. <laughs> he looked at me, he said, good job. I almost shit my pants. I thought I was out of there. I thought I was out there. Fast forward. Coming back, Keith Askins told me, uh, K.A., I had a shout out K.A., a lot of people can shoot, a lot of people can score. The way you're gonna make this team is defending and rebounding. And that was just my mindset from the jump. Man, I hope a lot of young kids are listening to this, man, so oh, yeah. far. Just, I mean, for real, because at the end of the day, like, that's the stuff that makes it. Like, and, and as being an agent, a, a, a father, you know, a coach, like, the, you know, hearing, not hearing your name called, and then changing, doing that shit, and just buying into being a rebounder and defender and all that stuff, and yeah. then, Obviously, you know, because if you, you, you change those things, but if you remember in college, Kelly, I didn't rebound or defend worth a shit. I can score now, <laughs> I can score, but I ain't rebound or defend worth a shit. That wasn't my thing. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. understanding, like you guys at home, man, if you can contribute to winning, if you can help a team win, you know what I'm saying? They'll have a spot for you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But if you think you finna just come in there and jack up 35 shots and get your numbers, dang, dang, it don't work that way. That ain't it. So you get through camp. <clears throat> what do they sign you to when you when you get through camp then? Two year deal. Two year 1. deal. One point one million. First year was four hundred thousand. Second year was seven hundred thousand. Fully four, guaranteed. Fully guaranteed. But the thing was, they didn't sign me until San Antonio offered me a one year deal. So when I left the Miami Heat and I played with the Miami Heat, I averaged a double double in summer league with the Miami Heat. I go straight to San Antonio and play with San Antonio. San Antonio summer league was in Las Vegas at that time. Miami summer league was in Orlando. So as soon as I finished with the Miami Heat, I fly straight to San Antonio. I'm sorry, I fly straight to San Antonio. I practice with them. We leave and go straight to Vegas. I averaged a double double in that summer league with San Antonio. Bob McAdoo, the great Bob McAdoo, shout out do do say he called the organization and say y'all better sign this motherfucker. <laughs> Still, they didn't sign me. So now I get a one-year offer from San Antonio. 
And now you know how the game goes. Oh, now yeah. the Heat come back and offer oh, yeah. a two-year deal. And, and that's kind of how it went. Prize Picks offers weekly promotions that can lead to big payouts like Taco Tuesday each Tuesday. Prize Picks discounts select players' projections up to 25% to provide even more value. You want to play along some of Prize Picks' favorite players like rapper Meek Mill and comedian Andrew Schultz? You can now find community plays under the Promos tab of the app to view entries from some of the biggest names in the Prize Pick community each week. I just got on there and hit on Josh Allen more than passing yards. Got him for a stack. Easy money. You can too. Go to prizepicks.com backslash OGs and use the code OGs for a first deposit match up to $100. So you get that. You get the two-year deal. What's your first NBA game like? You shit yourself or it was? No, man. The crazy thing about it was I ended up having to start my first game. So we ended up playing some preseason games in Puerto Rico. Yeah. And we had some injuries. Okay. Um, so Pat called me to be in the starting lineup. I'm, once again, I'm looking around like, what the fuck? <laughs> and we just so happened to be playing one of my favorite players. We playing Philly and we playing Iverson. Oof. The NBA game didn't, that was just basketball. AI did it to you. Playing against AI was like, ah, <laughs> damn. I got to come out against AI the first game. You know what I'm saying? Not that I got to guard him every play, but Pick shit. Pick rolls though, he's coming down here. Like, Listen, hey, I give everybody 40 or 50, you, you know what I'm saying? Did. So my first game, I, was, I, I wasn't nervous. I was more excited. And I guess being on the court AI was, was the big thing for me. That was a big deal for me, you know what I'm saying? Was, coming where we that, come that from. That was that deal. Yeah, that was from the culture, man. You know what I'm saying? The braids and the headband, the baggy clothes, you know, all the shit that I was into. So it was a big deal to be on the court AI. But basketball was just basketball. Same thing as always, right? Yeah, man. So fast forward, you win your first championship in 06. Yeah. Talk about that team, obviously where it came because it was it wasn't it wasn't the smoothest of years. It's mm-hmm. kind of a turbulent deal, right? Mm-hmm. So talk to us about the 06 year. He had a good team. <laughs> <laughs> had a damn good team. Really Off the good court. team. Off the court. We had fun. <laughs> that shit came together at the right time. You know what I'm saying? What I will what I say about that team is that team always had talent. Yeah. But we just didn't know how it was gonna come together. That was a time where in the NBA a lot of NBA guys was making money by doing parties in different cities. <laughs> so when we land in the city, Antoine Walker got a party. Shaq got a party. Dwayne got a party. Gary Payton got a party. So he was first team all party. Yeah. And I'm going to all four. Oh, my. Oh, I'm going to everybody party. Wow. I got to be a good teammate. You do got to be a good teammate. I can't leave nobody you know, out. You know what? That's, that's called sacrifice. Exactly. If I go to one guy's party and not the other yeah, guy's party, then I look, I'm showing favoritism. Yeah, you're a dickhead. So with that team right there, the good thing about that team is that you know what I'm saying? People don't understand is part of this shit is connection. Oh, for sure. Part of this shit is connection. You got to connect a group of guys that love playing with each other, that actually give a fuck about each other for off sure. the basketball court. Mm-hmm. Then that shit translates to, to being on the basketball court. Mm-hmm. So the one thing we did with that team is we spent a lot of time together. When we weren't playing, we were partying, but we were still together. <laughs> <laughs> I remember one time in Atlanta, Riles called a timeout, man, and he gets us in the huddle. And he's about to drop a play, he just drops the pen and said, this is fucking ridiculous. This shit has to stop. So everybody looking around, <laughs> motherfucker say, I'm gonna start giving out PUIs, playing under the influence. <laughs> <laughs> and one, mother, and one, of you, one, more, one more of you motherfuckers coming here smelling like this, I'm gonna start handing out PUIs for playing under the influence. Oh, you're gonna PUI, be crazy. So with that being said, the, the one thing we did with that team was we connected. Yeah. So, Actually, the weird thing was when we got to the playoffs, we probably were the most connected group of guys yeah, adversity, you guys are, in that yeah. locker room. You got to understand what we came from, For sure. being down yeah. to Dallas yeah. and what we had to overcome. That's connection. Yeah. We probably weren't better than Dallas. They might have had a little more talent. Was Dirk more talented than me? For sure. 
But were we a more connected group? Were yeah. we a tougher group? Did we have more grit? I think that's where we were able to take that series. <laughs> P U I <laughs> playing under the influence. <laughs> that's true story, killer. Motherfuckers was burping in the huddle and shit. I was like, damn. You get hit with a PUI, that's nuts. Man. <laughs> All right, so it's 2006 you win it. Uh, let's talk about which championship was your favorite, though, because you come back and then you went, we went back to back. We joined the team. You got the big three on there and the little 12. Mm -hmm. We were part of the little 12. Yeah. We um, we proudly, shit. proudly. Yes. So which championship to me, uh, you know, which was your favorite and why? Man. The first. Yeah. The first is always going to be my favorite just because of everything I had to overcome coming from overseas. Um, you know, like I said, before I even set foot on the basketball court, there was an article written by Dan Lebertard. I love you, Dan, but you tried me. Saying that he Shaq tried could, you. Dan tried me. Dan, I love you, but you tried me. Saying that Shaq could never win with a power forward 6'7", 6'6", 6'7". Now, mind you. Well, you're 6'7 and a half anyway. Yeah, so but wrong. the motherfucker just won with Travis Knight. <laughs> so what the fuck is you talking about? <laughs> What the fuck is you talking about? He just won with Travis Knight. You gonna single me out? I kicked Travis Knight ass seven days a week and twice on Sunday. <laughs> Why you doing twice on Sunday? Cause that just, just felt like it. Just, yeah, yeah it just felt sound better. Yeah, that sounds sound better. better so like for that, just right there instantly. And you see how I am? I don't. I didn't. I have not forgot that shit. What motherfuckers don't understand is you tell me I can't. I'll show you I can. Yeah, that's right. That's right. You know what I'm saying? So right. that was right there instantly. And I we was, love Dan Levitar, but he tried you. Yeah, he's a mommy guy. I love yeah. his mom. I love yeah. his dad. I love yeah. Poppy. I love Great his show. People. Yeah, his show's awesome. Yeah, all the time. But Dan tried me. So instantly, I already had, I already had, I was already motivated. I already was fired up. I already had something to prove. And then you understand the type of playoff run that Dirk had. Oh, man, he was body bagging motherfuckers in he the playoffs body, that year. He was body bagging. Oh, man, it was hard. It was, he, he, he was killing. You see, he ran through OKC. He ran through San Antonio. I mean, he was killing motherfuckers. Now, with that being said, got one of my boys over here. So understand where I come from. Yeah. If I let Dirk do me what he did to them other people, what's gonna happen? My boys gonna let me hear about it. <laughs> they ain't gonna let me sleep. They, they gonna let me know. They gonna be quiet. That German tore your ass up. <laughs> that German tore your That German tore your ass up, boy. And they gonna be on me. You know what I'm saying? So understand where I come from, man. It's a lot that was riding on that, man. And once I got my opportunity, like I tell all these guys, man, once you get your opportunity, man, nobody cares what happened before that. Nobody cares whatever we you're not ready. Nobody cares what you're going through personally. You have to be ready. Stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Now, D. Wade was, and we're going to talk about that because I, I remember that Unbelievable. Series. Yes. So he was always really, really good. But that kind of was his coming out, mm -hmm. in my opinion, mm -hmm. on that stage. Talk about him in that series and, and what, what happened there because that was you know, unbelievable. Well, first of all, people don't understand. That night before we actually won the series, yeah. me and D. Wade didn't get much sleep. Okay. Not partying. Not this time. Okay. Not this time. <laughs> Explain. We just couldn't sleep, man. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It was just one of those things where, 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 where we just couldn't sleep. But you know what I will say about Dwayne is I had a homeboy, my homeboy Drat. Shout out Duke. Duke. That told me a long time ago, man, I got this dude from Marquette that got a triple-double against Kentucky. Yep. And he's pretty good. Yep. I had never met Dwayne. Well, people don't, I came from overseas to yep. come back to yeah, be with came me. came back the same year, though. So that summer when I was working out, and me and Dwayne spent that whole summer together. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Working out. Um, he was in Miami for the first time, never really got away from home. So I was like, yo, come with me. I got you. We're going to roll. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. So I had an opportunity firsthand to see how good Dwayne really was. So our days at that time was we would get up in the morning. We would run at the track. We would head from the track to the arena. We would lift weights. We would shoot and go through our basketball workout. We would eat lunch. We would come back and shoot again later. And then we would play pickup at an Overtown Youth Center. 
And that's how me and Dwayne spent our whole summer. Damn. You know what I'm saying? So Damn. we got a chance to grow together, you know what I'm saying, to connect like that. So with him, I always understood how talented he was, you know what I'm saying? Now, coming into that first year, people don't understand, Dwayne had to run the point. Mm -hmm. well, he had never ran the point before. Mm -hmm. So when he came into that, the league the first year, he had the ball in his hands a lot, you mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? And his natural instinct is to go. Go get it. He was going, so he was going to get it, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And rightfully so, he had the talent. So we just followed. We understood we had something special, you know what I'm saying? And um, it was my job to make sure that he stayed safe <laughs> and healthy. <laughs> My job to make sure you stay safe and healthy. You did a good job. Yeah, you feel me? So <clears throat> you go through both phases of it, right? You see Coach Spo, you see Coach Riley. Mm -hmm. Give me the difference in their coaching styles, what it was like. I mean, obviously, to me, being there the little bit that I was in, in Miami and being a part of it, it still had that feel of Riles. Yeah. But Coach Spo, to me, was didn't get the credit he deserved yeah. either. Yeah. Right? So tell me the difference in their coaching styles actually on the, on the, on the floor and the clipboard. Open door. Um Probably just the way they communicate with you. Mm -hmm. You liable to go in Rouse's office, and Rouse might tell you, "Get the fuck out of my office." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Godfather has. Spoken. You, you liable to go, you go in Spoke's office, and Spoke gonna hear you out. Yeah. And then he'll tell he'll you, tell you, "Get the fuck out of his office." No, he, he might not. <laughs> he gonna tell you, "Get the fuck out of his office." He gonna hear you out, and then he go. He, he'll probably follow. Like we'll talk about it. We'll get back. We'll try to find a happy medium. I'll meet you in the middle. Yeah. Um, you know, we we'll figure it out. Yeah. All right, listen, do you remember where you? So you don't remember Doliac. Love Michael Doliak, Michael man. Doliak. Michael Doliak, man. We had we had, one time, one time we had lost about four games in a row, and Riles walks in practice and tells all the coaches to leave. He sits us down on a wall and he about, he cusses us and motherfucks us for about ten minutes, yeah. and he says, "If anybody have any issues, you can come see me after this fucking meeting." Soon as we leave the meeting. Doliak walks in his office. Oh, God. We go downstairs because practice is over. Doliak comes downstairs. I say, hey, Doli, what'd he say? He told me to get the fuck out of his <laughs> office. <laughs> R.I.P. Doliak. So with that being said, understood, man. Riles ain't with that shit. Spo might let you get that shit out. Yeah. He gonna let it go in one end out the other. Spo <laughs> understands, like, with players nowadays, you know what I'm saying, you gotta play the, you gotta play the middle game. You know what I'm saying? Riles is either, this, this is what we doing, and if it ain't for you, get the fuck out my office. <laughs> So we so we fast forward that um, you win those two Jumbo championships. You end up with three championships. Mm -hmm. Unbelievable. Yeah. So you have twenty Blessings. year career. Jersey's going up. Everything's in place. Talk about working into your last game of your career. What was your mindset going into that? Obviously, I touched on it at the beginning. Like, you know, you get mad at me every time yeah. I tell you. I didn't see the shit coming. What the fuck you thought I was going to do, Coach? No, what did you see in your in your mind? No, what, I what, what did you, you see, the shit, Coach? Okay. But the reality of the situation, guys, that you, it's the last they, game, they, Killer. You they, thought I wasn't gonna I, let I that motherfucker they, ride? I they had to dust the shit off, though. It's been a minute. Yeah, I that's, I'm playing every day. I, I know you play every day, but there's a difference between playing every day and then breathing out there on that motherfucking court. Yeah, you're right. All right, and but, so you go out there and what? 25 minutes, have 24 points, something damn like that. Damn right. Elite. Kill, I got a clip. Yeah, I know, bro. Hey, listen. Why is he beating me up for? Cause, man, I'm your homie. You supposed to be on my side. I am on your side. My kids winning. My kids even they, want some money on that shit. They bet for you. These little apps and shit out yeah, here that yeah. they got these little shits. People said I was only gonna score like five points. <laughs> what the fuck? Of course my kids took that bet. Of course they took that fucking bet. <laughs> if they would, then they would have needed another place to fucking sleep. <laughs> so, so your kids win money. Yeah, it's unbelievable. But tell me about like going into that game. Your mindset. You know, it's your I, last one. Like I was nervous. Here, here's the deal, and this is this is where I have it. You should. I was but nervous. Where where most people don't understand is in our in our line of work in our business, right? It very few people get to pick their last day. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So. Like everyone asked how was my last game. I didn't know it was gonna be my last game. Yeah. Like I didn't think I wanted to play again when I got done because my kids were going. 
but I didn't know for sure. So I didn't get to go in that game be like, okay, and have you know, the team roll me out there and do what you did, which is an unbelievable, uh, yeah. you know, for you to be able to do that. So you going into that, talk to me about that and, and what it was like and then walking off that motherfucker for the last I, time. I was nervous the night before. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I was nervous the night before. But what people, you know, don't understand is with us and they always talk about how much I give to the younger guys yeah. and how, you know what I'm saying, I help them. Those guys help me as well. For sure. Every day I'm playing one-on-one. Every day I'm playing two-on-two. Mm. Every day I'm in some kind of drill. You know what I'm saying? And, and being a part of practice and competition. So, you know, as much as I'm prepping those guys, I'm prepping myself as well. So for me, you know, the only thing I had to worry about was my conditioning. Yeah. I didn't have to worry about getting a rhythm. I didn't have to worry about how I would feel on the basketball court because I had been playing every day. You know what I'm saying? So um, I was nervous. You know what I'm saying? Just because of my last game, I wanted to go out the right way. I wanted to go out with a bang. I wanted to put on a good show for everybody. Um, but, you know, as far as the preparation and stepping into it, man, I got to shout out my teammates. You know what I'm saying? Because as much as I helped them, they helped me as well. Again, it's, it's unique for you to be able to pick your last game, walk off how you want to walk off, you know, play 20 years, mm -hmm. have an unbelievable career. Jersey, again, is going up in the rafters. Um, when did you start preparing and understanding retirement and what you wanted to do? Man, so like you said, to be able to land your own plane. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's that's a blessing that a lot of guys don't have. Sure. You know, we understand how this business is. So um, 20 years was a milestone that I talked about with my father before he passed away. Um, you know, and I was always back and forth about, you know, if I was going to keep going, you know, how would, how would the summer look? And um, every time, you know, as a new undrafted guy coming in, that just, <laughs> remind, just reminds me, just reminds me of why I'm here. Mm -hmm. and, and, and reminds me of I was that guy. And also be able to remind those guys of, look where I'm at now. Look what I was able to accomplish. You see, what people don't understand is, you know what I'm saying, just because you come in this league undrafted doesn't mean you have to take an undrafted mentality of taking, Preach. being second to somebody. Preach. You know what I'm saying? Or because we wasn't drafted that we got to play second fiddle or we got to back down or, no, motherfucker. The only difference at that time is the paycheck, right? Yeah, that's the only difference, man. For me, you know, I always see these guys walking into these locker rooms in the same situation and I see myself in a lot of these guys. So when you look at our team and you look at the guys, you look at a Gabe Vincent who just got paid with the Lakers. You look at a Max Struess who just got paid with Cleveland. You look at um, Caleb who, who, who we just paid. You know what I'm saying? You look at all these guys that have come you know what I'm saying, that have been undrafted guys that have played for the Miami Heat, or even guys that have come to us when, you know, they were kind of on their last leg or their career didn't go the way they thought it would go. You know what I'm saying? And Deion Waiters came here and he resurrected his career, got 60. Um, JJ came, resurrected, got 66. Hassan Whiteside. So all these guys come here and I see myself in all these guys. Mm -hmm. And I see a place where other organizations weren't willing to step in. I see a place where I can step in. Yep. And it's a trust thing. No, you know what I'm saying? Because at the end of the day, it's hard to trust motherfuckers upstairs yeah but, that, that's but why, you can trust me yeah yeah that's why I, to me i i tip my hat even to miami the organization because what they do is they give you opportunities to develop they build right yes, like yes. In, in life there's no different than you like all you need is an opportunity you're not getting there on your own yeah. i don't care what pick you are undrafted whatever it is it's opportunities yes and miami continues to do it at a regular basis of undrafted dudes or or defunct guys or guys yes. who are picked 15 that didn't yes. make it all of a sudden yes. now they're stars again right yes. so like, I got to tip my hat to them dudes. They always do that. And a lot of it has to do with the fact that they always let veterans stay around to help police. Yes. Right? Yes. Like, they have an identity and a culture. You yes. know when you walk through the door what's going to look like. Yes. But it also needs to be policed by players. Yeah. And that's what, it, that's what a lot of things that, you know, we do. Spo handles the X's and O's. We police ourselves. We police our locker room. We hold ourselves accountable. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? There's conversations that we're going to have, um, and you might not like it. 
You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but at the end of the day, you understand it's for the best and you understand what we're trying to get accomplished. With that being said, everybody's motivated differently. But SPO and the Miami Heat way is we hold ourselves accountable, we police ourselves. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Sure. It's got to come from us. If it's, if it's coming from the coach, we got, we, we got a problem. Mm-hmm. If it's coming from the coach, then we in trouble, guys. You know what I'm saying? So we've been able to figure that out on our own, man. And when these guys come in here, there's an expectation. You know what I'm saying? I don't give a fuck if you're undrafted. I don't give a fuck where you just came from. First and foremost, I'm gonna get to know you. I'm gonna get to know where you're from. I'm gonna get to know where you're about. I'm gonna get to know these guys' families. I know mm-hmm. these guys' moms. I know these guys' dads. I know their brothers and sisters. So when you come in here, it ain't just, hey, young fella, go get my motherfucking jock strap and let's get rolling. <laughs> no, I'm gonna show you the respect you deserve. That shit don't translate no more. No. The shit that happened when no. we came in the league. The jock strap don't translate That shit that translate when we came. <laughs> you're right. They ain't wearing them no more. That shit that happened when we came in the league, where we had to do all that shit for our vets, it doesn't translate yeah. to these young guys no more. You know what I'm saying? So you got to handle these young motherfuckers with care. I'm, gl- I'm, glad, I'm glad you said that because it's actually a good segue to the next thing. You've played in, in, in finals in three different decades. Yeah. You've seen, the trans- you've seen how the game's pivoted and moved, the difference in players, the difference in styles, the difference in everything really that comes out because you're, you're talking about it. So give me the difference in the two, the, the biggest two, like our era when you were at your prime and winning mm-hmm. championships mm-hmm. and the era now. What's, what's the difference in the league right now? One is the physicality and two is they don't want no mid-range. That so, was damn near so, the death of me. They took so the mid range. So physicality and mid range is our era. Yeah. And now free motion, three. Now it's positionless basketball. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Everybody can play everywhere. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So you, if, if the big rebounds, he doesn't have to outlet it to the guard. Yeah. The big can bring it up. The guards can fill the lane. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And you can get into your offense from there. Whereas back in the day, when the big rebounded, he was outletting and we were starting the offense from that. Now everything is, um, you know, everything is, you know, Free-flowing, free yep. you know what I'm saying, positionless. You can be on anywhere in the court and play any position. So now instead of just knowing your one spot, you got to know all five spots. Now. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Obviously, the way the game is changes with the three-point shooting. You know what I'm saying? Like nobody wants mid-range. Mm-hmm. Now the game is about either getting in the paint and getting a, a paint touch two, yeah. which is a dunk or a layup, yep. or spraying for a three. Yep. Mid-range is almost like death right now. Mm-hmm. So you talk about that, though, but the game is in, in, in great hands. Oh, the next great wave hands. of players, great the Jaws, the Ants, the oh, Apollos, the, the Shays, the, the Wimbies. Like, the game, the game, D-Fox, Zion, like, the game's taking that. Like, the elite athletes yes, are, yes. you know. The, so, the talent is unmatched. It I mean, is. They, the way they put the ball in the hole, the way they play, how fast these motherfuckers are, how athletic they are, um, they're getting smarter. You know, figuring out different ways to, to get their shots off and, you know, all these different things. So, you know, the game is definitely moving forward. But those are just things that have changed. But it doesn't matter to me how the game changed. What matters to me is how you approach the motherfucker. No doubt. They can change what the fuck they want to change. But when you get in between these motherfucking lines, it's going to be me and you and mostly me. <laughs> so it doesn't fucking matter. a whole lot of me? me it could be me and you and mostly me, motherfucker. Like, that shit doesn't matter. <laughs> it, 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 I don't care about yeah. that. You can change every fucking rule you want. Because when you lock the door, I'm going to figure out a way to come out. And that's the mentality we take when we step on the basketball court, man. Nine times out of ten, man, we get into these games and people look at us and they say, why the Miami Heat playing and how can the Miami Heat beat these people? Because we tougher than these motherfuckers. That's why. In a seven-game series, ain't nobody reinventing the wheel. Everything I run, you've probably seen before. Yeah. Everything you ran, yeah. I already, everything I'm going to run, you've seen before, and everything you run, I've seen before. Ain't nobody reinventing the wheel. We ain't tricking each other. You, you this should, shit coming down to grit. You sure you retired? You sound like this you shit coming down to grit. It ain't, ain't, nobody doing, ain't nobody running nothing that we ain't seen before. You get in a seven-game series and go watch film like they brought out some, the, what's that, the annexation of Puerto Rico. <laughs> like they just drew up some new shit. They ain't drawing up no new shit. That's what the same draw? shit you, what the annexation draw? of Puerto Rico. You remember Little Giants? They ain't drawing up no new shit, man. You done seen that shit before. What you gonna do to stop it? Yeah, you're right. And if you can't stop it, come sit next to me. We'll find somebody else that can. 
pretty simple concept, ain't it? You fucking right, man. And that's what it's boiled down to. Because at the end of the day, we most organizations are not gonna let somebody come in for their best player or come in for their starter. Yeah. Not for us. If I start a fucking around, come sit here. Somebody come in for you. And that's what it's probably a fucking undrafted dog <laughs> that want them minutes anyway. <laughs> that what wants them fucking minutes anyway. That's right. And you gonna see what that undrafted, hungry, thirsty motherfucker do with your minutes. <laughs> So, I'm, I already got a, I already got hot sauce in his water God. bottle. I done already put hot sauce in his water bottle. He ready to go. I don't think I don't think you fucking retired yet, guy. I already put fucking hot sauce in his water bottle. He's ready to go. All right. So, so now that you are retired, yeah. Tell the people, man, because people are gonna want to know what what are you gonna do with your life besides having an absolutely elite podcast? What are you gonna do with your life, man? For me, um, it's time now to explore all these. Hitting talents that I have. Oh, Jesus. I got what hidden talents you got, Coach? Let me well, hear. One thing is I got the gift of gap. Yes, you do. I can like talk I my ass right off. Now. I can talk my ass off. So, you know, one of those things is obviously this podcast, um, you know, doing a little bit of basketball on the TV side. Obviously, the maturation and the growth of the young guys with the Miami Heat. Um, got my medical marijuana. I got my affordable housing. I got um, franchises. Shit, we touching everything, man. Octopus, Octopus Hustler, man. You Dallas Buffett, huh? You're damn right. Warren Haslam. Yeah, right now. I love it. Yeah, I love hell it. yeah. Octopus Hustler, baby. Like it, it doesn't <laughs> what what we do next, <laughs> what I tell my what I tell people all the time is I don't know what I'm gonna do next. What the city need. Yeah. What we need go. here. I'm, go. I, I go down, I sit down with the mayors, I go sit down with commissioners, and they tell me, okay, this is what we're doing. This is what the city needs. And I know how to bridge the gap. Yeah. So the people in the hood can't go sit down with the mayor. Nope. People in the hood can't go sit down with the commissioner. But yeah. I can. So once I understand the what bridge, they need. not the destination. Yeah, once I understand what they need, then I take it to the commissioners. I take it to the mayors. And the mayors and the commissioners tell me what they can do. And then that's what we figure out what we need Reed. to do. That's good though, you're using the platform. I mean, at the end of yeah. the day, you sacrifice to do a lot, but now there's a platform where you can be a bridge for other people. Yeah. It's, it's elite. Man. I tell so, all these young guys, man, young fellas, when y'all take y'all ass back to y'all hometowns in the off season, take an hour. Go yeah. sit down with your mayors and commissioners in the city. They would love to, one, they would love to have you in their office. Yeah. They would love to have you in their office. And two, man, that's how you start connecting the dots of really being able to affect and, no and, and improve your community. So now that you are retired, though, <clears throat> there's other ways you can make money. And that's through gambling. Shooting dice. Well, you can shoot dice. I mean, <laughs> shoot, you can shoot dice all you I want. I can shoot them motherfuckers. But, <laughs> but you can gamble. Yes, we can. And yes, with, you the can. NBA, with the NFL playoffs in full swing. Yes, you can. Who are you putting your money on to be Super Bowl champs and why? The Dolphins. No, you ain't. You I don't give a fuck. Let me tell you something, man. Okay. All right, I'm, let me listen, have the money. I'm that guy. Let me have the money. I'm that guy. Listen, let me I have, your, to, let let me have the money. Something. I ain't got no money in my pocket right now. But I'm going to tell you why. Even when we sucked, I used to bet on the Dolphins. Well, I know you're gonna bet I'm on that them. guy. I'm always going to so go with my remove, team. Can we remove the Dolphins? I'm always going to go with my team. We're trying to give our listeners something to bet on. And right now, you're giving them losers. Okay. Damn. No, they're a good team. I love the Dolphins. They're fun to watch. You okay. think they're gonna win? You putting your money on them? Okay. Well, how about? Uh, no, no. Okay. I'm gonna I'm I'm put I'm gonna put my money on the uh, the, the South Dakota uh, shit packers. <laughs> That's what I'm gonna hey, put. I'm gonna put my money on the South Dakota the shit packers. Don't do us like that, man. Okay, I'm going so with the Dolphins. So, so you put I, your, I got you put your money on the Dolphins. On the Dolphins. You yes. know what? We know what we're gonna do for you people at home. We're gonna get his receipt that he bet on the Dolphins to win the, the Super Bowl. I we're know. Gonna post, we're not. We're gonna post your receipt like like Floyd and them do. Right, we're gonna post your receipt because we're gonna have receipts to this. I'm going with the because Dolphins. Right now, man. you're giving our fan I'm going base. with the Dolphins. The man. Dolphins right now are plus sixteen hundred. Okay, what that mean? That what means, did he that was means last year. I understand it. No, listen, they have a chance. They can score against anybody. Okay, but they have injuries in their defense right now. Which is we got injuries. Them. All right, so going into the playoffs, you you so your picks the Dolphins. Can I pick another one too? Well, you sure can. There's two one divisions. A two. You can, you can pick two. Who's the Super Bowl? Dolphins or the Ravens? 
Yeah, I mean, I like the Ravens. Dolphins I like the Ravens, Ravens and the 49ers. I'm, they, I'm, they, I'm, they, they I'm, hellif- take, I'm taking both home. They hellified on defense right now. Right now, Lamar's playing great. You got to understand, Zay Flowers, balling. Yeah. Um, you know, likely the tight yeah. end who stepped in for, you know, um, Andrews is balling. Yeah. OBJ, balling. getting back to the form that he yeah. used to be. Yeah. Um, so they they pretty impressive right now. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So I got I got to shout out them, and they they beat us like we stole something. Yeah. They beat San Francisco like we stole, like okay. they stole something. So they knocked out all the top teams. So yeah. it's hard to go against Baltimore right now. But shit, I'm biased. I'm always gonna ride with the Dolphins, man. That's how so, I am. So just so you know, I'm, I ain't picking I'm the actually, Cowboys. I'm, I tell you that I'm, shit. I'm actually cheering for the Dolphins myself. Thank you, good man. But with that being said, if you put my money, and I told you this last time we were on here, fade me if you want to make real money because I never pick right. <laughs> and my picks that I have here, I'm not proud of because it's, it's I'm, I'm not laying the money. Like I'm, I'm taking I'm taking the 49ers who are favored and the Ravens who are favored. Like boring. Yeah, that's easy. Right? Like it's, it so is. So you ain't gonna win shit. No, I ain't now gonna the win Dolphins shit. win. I'm, 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 I'm banked up. Yes, I'm coming over. I'm borrowing something. No, I ain't got nothing for you. Damn. <laughs> Golly, I guess I'm, I'm going to be broke on my own. I ain't huh? got nothing for you, you man. That's shit, that shit fucked up right now. I'm retired. What? You know what? I'm retired. You've been retired for how long? I've been retired for life, man. See, I just... <laughs> <laughs> I just retired, man. I was trying to figure out how to manage my coin. <laughs> <laughs> you got a lot of coin to manage. Hey, now that we got the betting out the way, and you picked all your losers and I picked my winners, we're going to go to our grab bag. Mm-hmm. All right? and, and since it's a celebration of your Jersey retirement, we got a lot of questions. But one is outside of it, and I think it's a great question. What's that? All right. The question is, at MH, oh, golly, I can't even read. I apologize. Would the OGs, would you guys ever consider having KG and Paul Pierce on your show? The answer is absolutely yes. Yeah, referees, all that good shit. We can have, you know, <laughs> of course, of yes. course, man. Let me tell you something, man. That'd be a good Those one. Those rivalries we had, and I'm sure they can attest to that, yeah. we felt the way about each other. No doubt. I did not like them motherfuckers, yeah. and they probably didn't like me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So with that being said, I don't take back nothing I said. They probably ain't going to take back nothing they said, yeah. but we owe this shit right now. Yeah. So if they want to come on this podcast and we could talk that shit, I'm down. That'd be fun. And then we can go hoop afterwards. They be- <laughs> I don't know about that part for me, Coach. But they made us better, we made them better. No, for sure, for sure. And we talked about this on a podcast before. The reality of the situation, you go through that war with these guys year after year after year, you're all trying to get to championships. By the time you get to games three, four, and five, you don't like, they don't like us, we don't like them. And guess what, and if a motherfucker sends you home, you despise those motherfuckers until the next year. The the team you're thinking about is that team that sent you home all the way into the next year. Those two are legends, we love that Yeah, so with with that being said, man, they could come on the podcast, man, and I ain't, listen, and that'd be a hell of a podcast. Yeah. So I'm I'm smart now, I'm a businessman. (laughs) <laughs> I don't dare fool. Hey, that's right. And then from at Kendall eight five four, you brought this up before. What can you guys explain the Hunger Games? Explain the Hunger Games to the people at home, man. Miami Heat had the Hunger Games. Hunger explain. Games. You and Bam ga- talked about it. Hunger Games podcast. is five on five, mano a mano. Very little fouls. Very yeah. If any. Very little fouls, if any. That's up to the coaches. You ain't calling your own fouls. The coaches gonna be calling the fouls and they probably gonna let a lot of calls go by. And you only win with defense. You win with stops. You don't win with getting a bucket. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so a lot of you motherfuckers that think scoring is winning, not when you come to Hunger Games. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And after you lose, obviously you gotta fucking run. But you know, in between those lines, ain't no double teams, ain't, ain't no schemes. Guard your fucking yard. Guard your yard. Guard your yard. And you will get exposed. You will get exposed. And, it, and if you get exposed, it's frowned upon. <laughs> Just know that. It's frowned upon to be the weak link. It's frowned upon, it's to, frowned be upon to be the weak link in Hunger Games. <laughs> oh, man. Well, we appreciate y'all sending them questions. Um, 
anytime y'all have any questions, y'all will send them into the OG podcast. But UD, this is a celebration to you, my brother. I'm so proud of you. I can't, I can't explain how happy I am for you to see where you've come, you know, just first day at University of yeah. Florida when you try to kill me. You tried to, to dunk on me, dog. Well, I had to. It's crazy. I mean, crazy. But, but that's to me, man, like, if you have, if you, you know, as you've, as you've gotten in this league and you've grown in this league, I think towards the end especially, and you always had it though, you got any OG advice for some of these guys coming through, anything that's been happening that you've seen that we can talk about, um, you know, what, what are some of the things that you would give these guys as you walk out of this, out of, out of this, out of this league now um, with your jersey retired? Give them some, some do, advice. Do not fucking live in mediocrity. Yeah. You'd rather get up every day, hit the ground running, Try your fucking hardest and fail every time before you live in mediocrity. Your comfort zone will fucking kill you. Do not live in mediocrity. Do not live in mediocrity. That's OG OG for the day, man. Do not live in fucking mediocrity. Get up every day, hit the fucking ground running, and if you gotta lose a thousand times, then lose a thousand times. Your comfort zone will fucking kill you. Damn, I might go lace them up. Tear two ACLs and And that's just in life. That's just in fucking life, man. Don't live in mediocrity in life. I'm gonna go lace them up, turn two ACLs and Achilles. No, (laughs) no. Let me do all that. You just shoot, killer. I get you to rock. No, but for real, man. Appreciate y'all tuning back into the OGs podcast. This is a special one for me. We usually have guests, but this is my favorite guest right here. I'm proud of you, my brother. It's a like we talked about all the stuff, the accomplishments, what you came from, where you're at. We saw the draft board when you when you were undrafted. Yeah. There's only one of them dudes putting a jersey up in the rafters. You deserve it. Uh, I love you, my man. Appreciate Appreciate you, you, brother. Love you, my brother. Yes, sir. Ebony and Ivory, baby. That's right. (laughs) Salt pepper. (laughs) Out. All those words just meant money. Exactly. 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 But I would like to leave you with one thought. Education is And you don't have to be a product of your environment. They can take everything from you, but what you have up here, nobody can take that away. So you need to always put your best foot forward in whatever you do. Helping someone, hanging out the trash and that looking guys who like doing. <laughs> but you have to want to succeed. So like I said, you don't have to be a product in your environment. If you want to be uh, an attorney, research it. Find out what it takes. You have to be involved in your child. Don't just send them to school and think everything's call is on the teachers in the end, because it doesn't. See it right there when they do their homework. Come out to the school. Let them know you are here for them, but you're going to jack them up if they don't do the right thing. <laughs>